Priority Talk. And we welcome you back in for another hour of Priority Talk Radio here on Truth 101 WXJC. Greg Davis here with you, of course, and I hope you're having a great evening or whenever you may hear this later at our podcast. God bless you, and thank you for being with us. Check us out at PriorityTalkRadio.com or just search for Priority Talk on any of your podcast platforms. If you're new to the show, that's good to know. You can always text us your thoughts, comments, or questions at 205-941-1011. We'd love to hear from you. Just text us, 205-941-1011. And uh, we're excited to welcome back to the program Mr. Tom Littleton. He's been here with me numerous times over the years and has actually hosted the show probably more times than you've been here with me. Probably, yeah. right? Yeah, because you're always out of town. Yeah, Tom, and, uh, Tom has to... been a regular fill-in here on yeah. the show for us, gosh, over the years, probably back till uh, 2013, 14, 15, maybe, somewhere yeah. through there. Yeah, and, probably 14. Uh, yeah, has hosted yeah. many times for me and always does an excellent job. And after you uh, are on, I always get messages or calls. Who was that? Where can I listen to that again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Always yeah. good, yeah. So uh, Tom is really good at just taking a particular issue and just really doing some research into it and uh, and, and bringing us an in-depth look at sort of uh, trends in church and the culture and how sometimes these two things blend together. Uh, you'll find him at Worldview Weekend. Uh, his blog is 30piecesofsilver.org. And also, uh, you, you've been doing Lindell TV, right? Is that yeah, true Lindell as well? Yeah, TV, Frank Speech, those are both uh, Mike Lindell's sister networks. Yeah. And I, I know the founder, Brandon House, that co-founder with that. So yeah. we've worked, and, you know, they cover a lot of issues, real cutting-edge, sure. um, conservative Christian uh, uh, worldview mm-hmm. uh, news. And then uh, they have a lot of the conservative talking heads, you know, yeah. uh, have programs on there. So it's really a good outlet for, you know, people that are looking for uh, sound alternative news with a Christian uh, conviction. Sure, and they've got a national, you know, big, broad audience. Yeah, uh, for sure. And just a little bit of your background: you've done uh, evangelism and apologetics. Mm-hmm. You've done street yep. ministry in New York City. Uh, yep. Give Give us the minute thumbnail. Yeah, I, I started out doing evangelism. I was saved in uh, the late seventies and just hit the streets, you know, telling people what God had done in my life and uh, realized it was my calling, you know, that, and of course I've, I've always felt like every Christian's called to be a witness. And, uh, so, uh, that became a full-time occupation for me. And then I was always tent making on the side and I traveled, worked in the beaches, uh, like Panama city beach, Myrtle beach, uh, worked in the urban areas, Atlanta, New York city, spent uh, 10 years off and on in and out of New York city, working with Dave Wilkerson, uh, with Times Square Church and their outreaches, and then uh, did some uh, work in uh, Eastern Europe, in the Balkans, and um, uh, especially after they had the war there in the mid-90s, and uh, a good bit of work around Europe and Central South America. Met my wife on a missions trip, uh, medical missions trip to um, uh, Central America, to Honduras, and we continued. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I highly recommend. It's a good place to find a godly woman. But uh, we worked together for um, uh, now 16 years doing medical missions together. And, um, of course, there's an evangelism component of that that I get to really enjoy. 
despite the language barrier and my uh, limited uh, and um, uh, sad uh, Spanish. But uh, we have had uh, a lot of doors open, you know, that um, I never anticipated. The media doors was something I never really looked for. And when the LGBT thing came uh, like a freight train uh, in uh, in 2012, 2013, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I was being asked to do uh, apologetics and take this Mm -hmm. issue to churches because, I mean, at that point, a lot of people didn't even know what the letter stood for. But we knew something was coming. And uh, then this movement just accelerated and uh, became basically front news every day. Well, you were you were out front of it, and you were telling us, "Here it comes." Yeah, because a lot of the stuff you and I talked about nearly a decade ago, it's it, it's just normalized stuff now. Yeah, it's every day, and um, and and we're expected to accept it, and now we're seeing more and more that we're expected to welcome it into the church yep. and into Christian identity. And of course, we can talk about that, you know, yeah, later. But that, um, you know, we have to be faithful to the gospel, and that's kind of bottom line, and that that's my baseline in all of my work because I have done so much outreach and evangelism. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, problematic things that have come in to acceptance in the church or that are the church is being courted to bring in uh, really uh, are problematic because they don't retain the gospel as the baseline. Mm-hmm. And for the church, that is our business. That is our role right. in the culture. I mean, we say we want to be salt and light. And I know you see this dealing in the political realm mm-hmm. because, you know, people say, well, you, you know, you don't just preachers shouldn't get involved in politics. Churches don't need to get involved in politics. Well, we see what happens when we don't. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, well, you can either be upstream or downstream. Right. Right. And and if you're downstream, it's too late to do it's, anything. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's our, part of what we're seeing, because we had a generation that were, you know, grew up kind of averse to yep. I- engagement. And uh you can't really be salt and light without engaging, but what are you calling people to? What standard are you raising when you get there at the Capitol? And, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk to people, are you still a clear-cut representative, uh, unhindered, unfettered for the gospel? Are you mm-hmm. able to stand at the cross and pull, yeah. call people to the foot of the cross? Yeah, amen. Well, and I, I approached you about a particular topic. When I have something that I'm needing to learn more about, I'll, I'll often send it to Tom and let him go to work on it, and he comes in here with reams of stuff printed out where you can yeah. research. Yeah, my, nobody wants to my do this. Goodness, nobody no. wants to do this. And uh, he's, he, I, I send it to him, and a lot of times I come back and report it, and uh, probably should give you more credit than I do. But this one, I said, you got to come in and let's talk through this. Uh, and I will say, many people listen to this uh, will know that uh, know the name Cleet Hux because he's yeah. been on with us so much over the last year or two, and of course. Uh, you're uh, friends with Cleet as well, and yeah. have worked alongside with him yeah. over the years. I'm still kind of adjunct uh, uh, with the Apologetic uh, faculty Resource with Center. With the Resource Center. So yeah. just make that connection as well. Okay, yeah. so I, I approached you about this issue of mental health, uh, and, and particularly as it relates to the church. I began to see a lot of, for lack of a better word, uh, seminars or conferences that were targeting the church to get involved in mental health or even community-based mental health Mm -hmm. and i started just and you were already seeing it but Mm -hmm. i said hey what is this and you already knew but then you went deeper down the rabbit hole and so you know this this mental health uh, issue is becoming just part of the uh, the everyday vernacular yeah you know i think before covid yeah mental health was a thing but uh but covid really seemed to me seemed to accelerate that language and that concept into everyday life 
Yeah. And and straight and now also into the church. So I ask you to go down this path for me to uh, to, to sh- sort of show us uh, uh, maybe what the, the the pitfalls to watch out for for those of us who are gospel oriented people uh, and how this is going. Of course, you've done this on other issues before us and always been straight on. So let's talk about um, this. This this one in particular was this church mental health summit that I saw. Now there's right. this isn't the only one that's out there. Yeah. But this was one in particular. And they just had it right. Yeah, on the tenth. So you've been able week. to really kind of check it out and look at it. So yeah. so tell us. Let's just kind of open this up. T- tell yeah. us uh, what's going on. Big yeah. big picture, and then we'll come back and, and get deeper. Yeah. First, the obvious: the church uh, doesn't have to shy away from mental health. Right. And uh, the, there are people in the church who have mental health struggles and issues. Uh, the problem comes in when we start trying to uh, uh, adopt ideologies from outside God's word or in contradiction to God's word and approaches to helping people with mental health issues uh, that are extra biblical or or uh, not in sync with a biblical approach and you know i mentioned when we were talking before we um, got started that uh, you know one of the biggest problems if you look at from a counseling perspective secular counseling psychology believe that guilt is the number one thing that uh, affects people's mental health that's the big problem is guilt Mm -hmm. and they're right in one regard but they have no answer for it right uh, and their answer then becomes group therapy, uh, drug therapy, and change the rules. So, you know, at which the, the last one would seem absurd, but it's like, okay, so a person has some type of uh, hang up because of their, uh, their uh, convictions, you know, about uh, uh, spirituality or whatever. Well, you just need to free them from the hang up and just, you know, they need to unlearn whatever they've learned. Yeah. And if in the case of a Christian, They've had a good biblical foundation. They're living in adultery and, yeah. you know, and they, they've been in rebellion for years and they're feeling depressed and suicidal. The root of the problem, according to outside secular um, uh, psychology, is not going to be sin. It's not going to be the no. rebellion. It's going to be the guilt and the things they've been taught that bring that guilt so about. So if you're guilty over your, uh, your actions or lack of, then uh, maybe maybe part of it would be, well, just tell you, hey, it really wasn't that bad. You didn't really do yeah. anything wrong. Yeah. It's okay. Well, so then you don't feel guilty. Right. And, and it, that, yeah, it really, we're, you know, where'd you get the idea that that's wrong? You yeah. know, that's, you know, that's just normal. Everybody does that. You shouldn't feel bad about yeah. it. Or even the false prophets, what Wilkerson used to call pillow prophets in the church <laughs> who say, oh man, you know, that's just, God's not like that. Yeah. God loves you. you think really and, God really yeah. cares about that. Yeah. yeah you think he's going to be de- so uh, demanding of yeah. you that, you know, he'd expect you to live a holy life. Well, well, it's what the Bible says, sure does. and it's what the cross has enabled, you know, in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We've been made partakers of the divine nature. So the answers are never the same for those who are often trying to get us as the church and as Christians to yoke ourselves with when it comes to addressing mental health. But again, the church doesn't have to shy away from this because— Well, the Bible talks you know, an awful lot, a lot about your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And just start thinking about the scriptures. There's yeah. a whole lot of them. Yeah. In particular, renewing your mind. Yeah. I mean, uh, that jumps With right off the page. Washing the water of the word and, and uh, you know, God promising the peace as it passes, understanding to keep our hearts and minds yeah. through Christ. And so our hope is in the the transformation and the peace and the reconciliation that God gives. So the if the issue that's that's troubling us is sin and the guilt that's weighing us down, the answer for guilt is at the foot of the cross. Yeah. So, yeah, but there's going to be a temptation out there 
to uh, to gut the gospel from, from the church to gut the gospel in mental health. You know what I mean? Yeah. To take the gospel out of mental health. Yeah. And that's where we've got to be careful. But there's uh, uh, a, a, it's uh, it's very subtle in how it happens, and yeah. so we have to be really careful. And that's where you've done some deep dive and really went in and researched how this is coming at the church and how the church is getting involved and what we must stay faithful to. And so that's where we want this conversation uh, to continue. So we're visiting with Tom Littleton uh, here on Priority Talk, and we hope you'll stay with us. Uh, Give us a short break, and we'll be right back. Priority Talk. Here at Priority Talk, we're showcasing our longest-running advertiser and good friend of the show, Today's Family Dentistry your family hometown dental practice, conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Ki Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians and a friendly staff who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with all the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield, all kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment at 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry, located in downtown Coleman, directly behind the Coleman County Courthouse. That's 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry your friendly hometown dentists in Coleman. Hi, Alabama. This is Robert Jeffress, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. Back in, it's Priority Talk. Greg Davis here with you, and I am visiting with my friend Tom Littleton, who you've heard host the show uh, many times over the years and be a guest with me. But we haven't been like done it like this in a while. Just you and I here. It's usually you here when I'm not here. So yeah, I've missed it because you you know you really uh, take things in the right direction, and uh, we're uh, two peas in a pod generally when it comes to these yeah. issues. And Tom and uh, I have a lot of conversations, just not yeah, on the air. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's anyway, it's good to have you with us, and we're talking mental health, and the church, and the government, and no. Tom, what really kind of alerted me to, okay, what is going on here, was when I started seeing uh, the church being targeted with conferences and materials and help and even, I'm assuming, money for community-based mental health. That was the phraseology that sort of made my antenna go up, yeah. and I asked you about it. So tell us, what does this mean, and, and is, is, was this a one-off or something that we really need to be aware of? Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's probably your big buzzword that should wave a lot of red flags. Community based. Because what that means health. to Christians is, well, we enjoy the fellowship of the Spirit, mm-hmm. which people are more commonly calling community now. They but, are. you know, the church can't provide that to the world, and the church can't provide community to the community, mm-hmm. as, as ironic as that sounds. But that's what 
is sort of the hub of this ideology that's being sold in this uh, Church Mental Health Summit 23. I think there was one last year that kicked this thing off, but um, uh, it's very community-based, uh, and the view on it of, of their four uh, uh, points, talking points, they're talking about uh, community health. One of those is addressing issues faced throughout the church and community. Well, the way that the secular partners uh, would see this addressing mental health within the community is the church is just a community support organization. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit, uh, in many cases, getting some type of uh, outside assistance, government assistance, grants uh, uh, linked with community-based uh, health clinics, that kind of thing. So we're being called into the co- the area of what's called the common good, mm-hmm. and we're all looking and expected to find the lowest common denominator to uh, address the issue of mental health. Well, you know, for us, we're like Moses coming off the mountain, having seen the glory that, that is in the gospel. Uh, you know, we're not called to come down and, and sit down with Pharaoh and, you know, and try to um, lay aside uh, our convictions and hook up with the priests of, of other gods. And, you know, mm-hmm. but this, there's an interfaith uh, dimension to this by necessity for community based because you can't exclude anybody and then that lowest common denominator doesn't just mean christian no it, yeah that's it what, means multi-faith right yeah and so what we're looking at that that would mean that the the christian pastors and the mosque leaders and the mormon leaders and the catholic and the jewish leaders would all gather together and have community focus community services offer community services so driving this ideology as the white house just released money on this back in may of this year uh, another round of funding for the faith-based partnerships to uh put into uh, ministries, churches, and those who are willing to partner on this issue. And all that is community-driven. It's also equity-driven. We talk about that, too. But communitarianism uh, is a form of ideology, this common ground, common good, you know, where we are, we are serving the greater good. We are serving the good mm-hmm. of the community. So some of the divisive things have to then be set aside. Yeah. Some of the barriers have to be removed. Well, what is that for Christians? Well, we're very exclusive about Jesus because he was exclusive about himself sure. and because no one else can uh, can do what he's done. And in the area of mental health, I'm going to be very, very honest, uh, dealing with people on the streets, uh, dealing with people in, you know, in, in need. You know, this is a pastor. We have some experience with people with mental health mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and uh, working in New York. There were over 100,000 homeless estimated to be in the uh, central New York City, Manhattan area when I was working there. And many of those people had extreme mental health issues. And they had physical health issues, STDs, uh, uh, tuberculosis, AIDS, you know, all this. So uh, you can't sort of move naively into with this communitarian uh, glow about you and think, well, we're just going to go in and offer the church to all these um, people that have mental health issues and take them in, and uh, and then everything's going to be peachy, because it's not, especially if we are 
um, what do they do when they, they hobble the horses, you know, tie their feet together? If we're hobbled and unable to present the real hope mm-hmm. to them, I think of how frustrating that would be for the average person to realize, well, that violates community standards, so I can't do that in mm-hmm. this ministry, right? I mean, we deal enough with that on social media and Facebook, yep, right? Yep. You know, have you had anything removed because oh, you sure. violated community standards? Sure, I have, yeah. And, I'm, and I avoid the platforms that are, wor- that are the worst about it. Yeah. So. Well, see, there, I mean, these are the kind of, of, sort of policing you know standards that we would run into dealing with this and once you've taken any kind of government money you're totally obligated to those standards and um uh and then the the idea you're seeing more and more of the people who are already well down this path with meeting public health issues community health and community uh, mental health you're you're already seeing them very compromised on the multi-faith front and personally i think that is an affront to the gospel like nothing else because uh you cannot tell people that uh you know that uh, you're going to be able to lock arms with people who worship other gods or who uh, worship multiple gods or who uh, who I mean, and nowadays you have uh, Wiccans, you know, yep. with official status and and uh, atheists, and you, you know you're not going to be able to successfully yoke with these people. Remember, we're told not to be yoked together with unbelievers. Mm-hmm. It is a serious trap. Sure. And, uh, well, th- this church mental health summit. Let me just give some of the language here, cause, and then you're going to tell us about more about it. But uh, the church mental health summit, and and this is just one example. Okay, there's more of these, and they're going to be getting closer and closer to home uh, equips the local church to support mental health and their communities congregation and leaders um, is that what it's about equipping the local church yeah. I guess sure they are yeah but they're also uh, disarming the local church as well exactly that's a great way to put it uh, uh, bringing the best that. resources and thought leaders together to equip ministry leaders uh, to support mental health in their communication and their communities, congregation, join thousands of leaders worldwide, passionate to see the church provide care, attend the congregants and staff's well-being, and support their community. Uh, yeah. You didn't see anything in there about the gospel. The gospel, no. Uh, and and see this, the problem, you know, when when you look at it from the the depth of the need is Christians are going to be compelled to do something. And the problem is having that, you know, uh, the the sense of, well, I've got to compromise in order to play a role in this and be a part of it. Well, people in real need, once they're at the point of of um, uh, where they need to be in repentance and faith, they're going to come to real Christians about it. And a lot of people have already cycled through much of the help that the secular world has to offer. Mm-hmm. And see, it's just like rehab. I joked with people about drug rehab and drug addiction is one of the issues that the White House is saying it wants, uh, you know, uh, the church to step in and help take care of. Uh, but I joked and I said, well, there's a new addiction in America. People are addicted to rehab. Yeah. And, you know, and mentally they actually are, you know, and I would meet, ten, you know, like 15 year old kids who had been to rehab three times, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and it's like, hey, this isn't working. And so a lot of people are already past that and realize I need something more. People have already been strung out on prescription medications for so long, and they realize that this is creating a whole nother problem in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and then families are under so much stress with these issues. And one of the saddest things you will ever see is when a family has gone as far as they can go. 
and they're they're lost. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason they would turn to the church. Well, at that point, the church doesn't need to be offering, you know, their role in this uh, mental health uh, summit or a faith-based partnership. They need to be able to offer the real gospel. Because when you tie in with these uh, community groups, you're talking, it's government is really what it is. These are government programs. And the reason a church would would go down this path would be because it comes with some money. Yeah. And, yeah. and it helps you. It, you think, oh, this will help us get something started. Yeah. To meet needs in the community. They, they're yeah. very seductive about it. Tommy, yeah. do they have people there that set all this up? Yeah. From the church? Yeah, there are people. That, that know the right language. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they, they say it so well. Yeah. The, one of the persons who's been recycled is Melissa Rogers. She was uh, part, heading out the faith-based partnerships under Obama. And um, and she's evangelical, although would not be, you know, coming from the same perspective with her convictions as us. But she knows how we think. Mm -hmm. And so they can make it sound appealing. But uh, the old thing Richard Land used to say with government shekels come government shackles. And that's probably one of the most memorable things uh, he ever said. And it's true. Still rings true. And ironically, you know, this this thing was called the Quiet Revolution. I'll show you this. When uh, it was put out by George W. Bush uh, through executive order. This is just executive order. And then they fund it from that executive order. But um, the he so just dating back to 2008. Yeah, yeah, that's 2008. So that's when this became official. And he called it the Quiet Revolution. Well, it was pretty quiet because most people didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And it was revolutionary because it brought the church into the stream. Mm-hmm. And this is the latest thing coming down the stream, the yeah. mental health issues. And prior so, to that, you've had these other issues yeah. that have come through the same stream. Right. Like, you know, like, um, uh, you know, getting into um, uh, FEMA relationships. Relief. And, of course, that's a sensitive issue for a lot of people who want to do disaster relief and stuff. But, again, you have to be careful of the yoke that you're putting on if you're going to be able to do ministry. And uh, then Health and Human Services. Uh, I talked with Shannon Royce, who was the, he- the head under Trump of uh, the faith-based programs for Health and Human Services. And I expressed a, a lot of concern to her. We had four phone conversations because uh, we, we had already seen significant fraud here in our city related to faith-based health care. And then there was a lot going on about the county hospital, yeah. you know, and so, and so this the mental health would bleed over into this. But one of the problems is uh, that that's all community and justice and equity driven. And then at the same time, there was this groundswell of LGBT. Yeah. So uh, and of course, always hiding in the wings, ever present is Planned Parenthood with their agenda yep. in health. So, um, you know, you just you have to know what's in the landscape with you and then avoid these uh, explosive um, yokes yeah. and uh, encumber- encumbrances. And Tom, a lot of people think Planned Parenthood's off the radar here in, uh, in Alabama, but they're oh, not. Man. All they did was just uh, change gears, yeah. and they've went into— And they got uh, more money than ever. They've went into gender yeah. uh, issues is what they've done. They, they've, they've went into— uh, uh, lots of different programs and methods to uh, to confuse your kids about their gender. Yeah, that, and they've that's, taken that's what a, they've, they've went into, and they've taken abortion out of the clinic and brought it home. That's exactly yeah. what they've done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, we got to take a break. Tom Littleton in studio with us. We're talking about uh, community-based mental health and the church. Uh, kind of uh, what's what's right, what's wrong, what do we need to look out for, where can the church be involved, what should we avoid, all of these kind of topics. It's a big issue, and your church is going to deal with it. 
Uh, so you need to be informed. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back on the other side. It's Priority Talk Radio right here on Truth 101. Good news. Christian values. That's what Priority Talk Radio is all about. Join President of ALCAP, Greg Davis, along with co-host and apologist Nate Williams to hear about the latest news through a Christian lens with a focus on politics and ministry. Ultimately, everything points to God. Join us weeknights from 5 to 7 p.m. on Truth 101 WXJC. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, And we're back in and continuing our conversation with Tom Littleton. You uh, see him on Worldview Weekend. Uh, you read his blog at 30piecesofsilver.org. Uh, also on uh, Lindell uh, TV. And, um, oh, I forget the other. Uh, Frank Speech. Frank Speech, yeah, yep. that go together. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we're talking mental health, community-based mental health, and the church, uh, and, and this big movement. Now, Tom, you were mentioning back to the Bush administration, uh, beginning these faith-based uh, programs and right. executive order, uh, and then those kind of, you know, rocked along. Maybe they were sort of benign. Um, and then the Obama years came, and they, they changed. Right, they, they, yeah. and and th- honestly, they're still going down that path. Talk talk to us about how the government has weaselled its way into these issues, including mental health now, and 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 really seducing the church uh, out of doing their real job, which is making co- converts and helping people renew their mind. Yeah, and, well, you know when uh, uh, Bush did not fund the programs very much. Okay, and that's what kept them from having a m- massive impact. Okay. Uh, to, you know, nine uh, eleven happened, and money was diverted and attention everywhere else. So they were existing, but they were not funded very much. But a lot of the work that Bush did do in Africa that was humanitarian driven was sort of along the faith based um, partnership ideology, and of course. Rick Warren has probably been the most successful pastor in this model. And, you know, then he founded the Peace Plan in 2005. And, and you know, he's very comfortable in that faith-based partnership role and in the NGO, non-government organization with, with the international community. But So Saddleback's just got all kind of government partnership programs yeah. running at their church. If you go to their uh, webpage and you click on outreaches, all these different government-funded programs come up as part of their outreach programs. And they've been doing that for uh, over a decade, probably a decade and a half. And uh, and a lot of that comes from uh, from the influence of Peter Drucker on him. Uh, and uh, Drucker brought in a lot of the socialist ideologies, socialist economics, in, uh, as he saw the church as more successful than the corporate uh, uh, entities at bringing in uh, community. He said the church creates community. So he was interested in the church as the third leg of the three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, you know, private uh, government and community-based organizations working together. So this is a and they see they see the church as something they don't have. Right. As something they can't create. Right. The church is a, is a well. Uh, as much as we think it's not, when you look at it from the externally, it's a well-organized. Yeah. People are connected. They're they're 
they, they're passionate about a cause. Mm-hmm. You know, all, when you look at it from a secular standpoint, they look at the church and go, wow. Yeah. And what other what, what's this is something great to tap into here. Yeah. What other entity do people just write checks to? Yeah. You give 10 percent of their yeah, money or and, more to. And that they'll give their time and, 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 and involve their whole families yeah. and that people sense that fellowship of the Holy Spirit there. That's what I think. um uh, a, a person like Drucker was seeing, but he didn't understand what the basis of it was. And of course, that's what you're going to lose if you lose the the mission of the gospel and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the church. You just become another nonprofit, yeah. you know. And but uh, in during the um, uh, after the Obama uh, um, uh, election, uh, the a lot of the liberals were calling immediately for him to end those faith based programs, uh-huh. and instead that. he reformed it. And this is some of the paperwork Reform from the, of the Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Yeah. And then this was the product of it, the partnerships, partnerships for the, common, for the good. common good. And this was everything from disaster care, health care. Uh, and remember, they're pushing Obamacare during this whole, whole time. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, the caring for uh, veterans and caring for mental health. And as a matter of fact, if you were a, a real innovator, you could develop a program and bring it to them and yes, they would could. review it for funding. Yep. So the, the problem was uh, like human rights campaign, a big LGBT advocate and uh, Islamic interest and others were calling for the you know Christians to be cut off from access to public funds. And. And and instead they reformed it and they brought in all these other entities, including Human Rights Campaign, to have a seat at the table. Mm. And so they all began taking they were making less, you know, full frontal attack on the church like Human Rights Campaign used to. And then they kind of came alongside and they were all we were all working together to for the common good to Mm -hmm. to serve the community. So now who are the top people that are getting involved in this? You know, because people are going, well, I'm not involved in that or my pastor's not involved in those meetings. Who's involved in these? What's the flow? Well, Jim Wallace is always, you know, one of the leading guys. Of course, he's a sojourner. He's a secular Mm -hmm. Christian. He would might even describe himself as a socialist Christian. Uh, those guys are pretty predictable. Uh, Joel Hunter was another one. He's an Orlando pastor who, you know, they appointed him to head the mm-hmm. Christian coalition and then the, fund, the funding dropped and they booted him mm-hmm. before, I think, before he ever officially yeah. took the role. But um, but unfortunately, Frank Page, who was uh, head of the CEO of the SBC Executive Committee yes. at the time, joined this, uh, joined this team. And uh, these were the guys who were going to uh, do the overhaul that's the inaugural uh, um, advisory board and I did talk to Frank who I think later regretted it and he said he did resign from it because he was not too popular so apparently he he tried to you know stand mm-hmm. some ground on some of well, this stuff well the SBC but, executive uh, group hadn't, hadn't done too well since that time yeah either. they're really struggling I mean look it's it's bad yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and they're really struggling went down and, a bad it started them down a bad path you know the, the sad thing about it is it's so public you know, and, and you know, uh, th- that's the thing about the church. Our dirty laundry gets aired yeah. before the world because people, there's a certain backlash because, hey, what are you doing trying to tell yeah. us how to live? Well, dirty laundry is the right word because, you know, the world's dirty laundry. That's what you expect. Yeah. There's no problem there. Yeah, they can just pile up on the the floor. Yeah, yeah, they just it's out there for the world to say they don't care. But the church, when it comes out, even though it may just be a smidgen of what uh, you know what? What compared to the world uh, gets a lot of attention. Yeah. But uh, but look, I, I'm I'm seeing now even on this this conference that we're looking at here, uh, Tommy, this Church Mental Health Summit. You know, I'm seeing uh, 
ministries on here, uh, American Bible Society. Yeah. Uh, the Asbury Theological Seminary. Yep. Uh, the uh, the Templeton Foundation. Mm-hmm. Guidestone, which is the uh, retirement and health benefits of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, all involved in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the one of the main uh, And this partners, is government partnership yeah, is what this is. It's what they're driving it toward. And yeah. and the proof of that is found in uh, Kay um, Warren is one of the featured speakers. And, of course, their church is already, you know, well downstream with the Kay faith-based Warren. partners. Yeah. Help me out. Rick Warren's. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And, so she's one of the speakers. Okay. Yeah, and uh, one of the f- featured speakers. And then uh, I think she spoke at it last year, too. And then this uh, spiritual first aid is a part of it. And um, the yeah. woman who put this ministry on, I'll mention very quick, is Canadian. And she's worked with uh, Canadian mental health for 18 years, 17 years. And she, her organization sees... Uh, mental health as a basic human right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the language of the left that means the government has to pay for it. it that's and, exactly right. <laughs> you know, so uh, we can't deny anybody their basic human rights, uh, and you have the right to pay for it. Yeah. For those uh, who can't, but uh, healthcare, the, mental care, all. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, as if you scroll down on my article, you can see they featured. Um, uh, a racial justice component. They said this week the Care Ministry podcast, which is one of their outlets, uh, are putting on a special focus on Black History Month, and says that uh, we plan on driving into how or diving into how the church can respond and be a part of the solution for change around race, uh, racial justice and reconciliation. Well, if you look at the White House information that they put out with this latest round of funding for mental health it has a huge equity driver in yeah. addition to the well, community driver it, yeah course. it's got to have equity and uh and then and equity is not equality okay? right don't get those confused right okay. and and the the problem was one of the central things that uh surfaced in the obama reforms outcome was they wanted the government funding up front and then government to gain controls and to make sure there was no discrimination and that things were distributed equitably because their money was in it. Then they would pull their money out and the programs would be, uh, uh, the the funding would be assumed by the partners in the church. Well, Tom, is it fair to say if you go down this path, your ministry, your church, there's going to come a point where, I mean, they've got forms you have to fill out. (laughs) Yeah. That you do you're, all this. You're stuff. a government contractor. You're a government contractor. You have to yeah. fill out the forms. A lot of th- a lot of times, I think we think, oh, we'll take the money and then we'll just do what we want to. Yeah. Anyway, well, you got to fill out the form, and uh, it's pretty pretty good penalty and if you, you lie to the it. government. Yeah. Then you sign it. And then you sign it. Yeah. And you either you're going to come to a point where you either got to lie, or you got to do it the way they say do it. Yeah. I mean, and, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, I, I observed the— And they'll change the way they tell you to do it. Yeah. I observed the Obama uh, administration on that issue because they did not emphasize or enforce any of the restrictions on ministry or sharing the gospel, gospel materials, prayer, worship, you know, proselytization. So they, didn't it. they did not enforce it until people were well into the programs. In 2015, and too far to get the, out. Yeah, they passed uh, a, an executive order, and all this is being operated like basically government fiat. It's executive order, mm-hmm. it's, it, and the, only the funding has to come through Congress once they've established, you know, the framework. But uh, and people are deep into the money. 2015, they 
slip the noose on and say, by the way, the, a clarification by executive order, no uh, explicitly religious mm-hmm. uh, um, activities can go on, and they name them all uh, during these programs. If you are a religious organization, you can keep your religious distinctions, but you have to do you, those services at another time and another location. Right. Well, when we gave out food to the homeless in New York, once you gave out the food, you weren't going to say, okay, you guys move over here to another location, you know, uh, no. go to the next room, and then we're going to have yeah. a service. Yeah, they're gone. No, you had the service, you ministered to people, then you fed them, then they're gone. And people, you know, who are coming for help understandably want the help, but that's when you meet them at their need and you emphasize, uh, emphasize the real answer mm-hmm. to the deeper need. Yeah. You know, and it's not exploiting them. It's just offering them more than just a meal. And that's the problem with humanitarian help is uh, it's always going to fall short because people are going to get hungry again if you're just trying to feed bellies you know yep. but the biggest clue that this is uh, related to the faith-based partnerships is in the um, uh, in the organization that is uh, headed related uh, to uh, Wheaton called spiritual first aid because this there is a disaster humanitarian disaster institute now at Wheaton and they offer a master's program in disaster care and the guy who heads it is one of the speakers that we'll talk about him next segment okay. but um there he's won fema awards he's been to the white house he's you know he's in the epicenter of the whole faith-based partnership program training people within the church to assume these roles in humanitarian uh, and disaster okay. care. Mm-hmm. And so he's one of the featured speakers. He's shaping this whole narrative for mental health in the church around the faith-based partnerships. Wow. Wow. Well, look, the church is not, you know, and I hear this, I hear this sometimes from people. Oh, that's a good church, man. They do a lot of good stuff in the community. And yeah. uh, that's, that's not <laughs> what we're supposed to be. Yeah, don't nothing wrong with doing some good stuff in the community, but, uh, well, I, that's I, not the end game. I remember a church in North Georgia that a friend of mine lived by, and they said, you know, that's a church where people get saved, and a lot of people won't go there. Yeah. Now, that's a better reputation. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Tom Littleton <laughs> in studio. We'll be back a few more moments on the other side as we talk about uh, these community-based, uh, government-contracted uh, mental health um, help that the that the government's offering and trying to seduce the church to, to uh, compromise their mission. Uh, we'll take a break. It's a uh, priority talk right here on Truth 101. Priority talk. Marketing can be overwhelming because the marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728. That's 205-332-3728. Or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey everybody, this is Kurt Cameron, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. And we're back in and uh, finishing up this hour with Tom Littleton as we continue to talk mental health and the church and 
government um, interference, I'm going to call it, in such, um, and, and just the enticement. Uh, you can read uh, Tom's full article on much of what we're talking about here, but much more as well at 30piecesofsilver.org. 30, T-H-I-R-T-Y, piecesofsilver.org. He's got a uh, pretty, pretty lengthy um, work here and something he was already looking into when it caught my attention. So uh, in our time, let, let's get to it here. So we're talking about these ties um, to faith-based partnerships. Uh, who, who's involved in this? I know you've got one guy in particular here that you, yeah, you, who's, you, you've seen is particularly interesting uh, for us to know about. Yeah, he's speaking at the event. Uh, Jamie Aiton, Aiton, I think is how you say his name. Or um, uh, I tried to find it on a video, and he Couldn't was already. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, think I hate right. to I hate to mangle people's names, but um, I think that A T E N. I think yeah, that would be right. Yeah, but uh, you can see here uh, you're you're watching. He's at um, the de- uh, Department of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. and then working with FEMA. He's also at the White House uh, and showing. Uh, He's won FEMA awards, and he heads this um, uh, disaster, Humanitarian Disaster Institute and the master's program at Wheaton College. Most people trust Wheaton because the first thing you associate is, hey, that's the church. Yeah, and that's uh, Billy Graham Chair of Evangelism, uh, Billy Graham's alma mater, Uh you know. But a, a lot of people who've sent their kids to Wheaton have found out there's a lot going on there that you know, is, is going off the rails. Right. So uh, this faith-based partnership-driven program for uh, humanitarian aid and a humanitarian focus is just really more of this kind of the social gospel that we're struggling against uh, right now with the critical theories and all those things. But the real driver is the, the, the role of the church in training people for it in faith-based partnerships. Then they want to train the churches, train the leaders, and then uh, degree people to, go, to make this a ministry profession. And that it's all at the core linked into government funding, government programs, government operated. Mm. Well, this is programs. dangerous. It is very dangerous. And so he's won FEMA awards. His master's program teaches you how to get into this line of work and, and bring it to your church and, you know, train the leaders. He, um, uh, Jamie, actually, I saw some videos where he's at churches training everybody in this uh, spiritual first aid, they're calling it, and that's the primer for getting people down this mental health thing. You asked uh, earlier about the connection between mental health and spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Well, there is absolutely a connection, sure. and we know that. As Christians, we go on that assumption because we see it every day. Sure. Uh, and without the gospel, people can be pretty tormented, you know, and it's hard to have just the most basic, precious um, uh, commodity peace of mind without being right with God, you know, and I've watched the transformation at the altar with people who found that they found repentance and faith, forgiveness, and they found faith. And we talked, we were talking about guilt in the earlier uh, part of it. You know, guilt is not the core issue. Forgiveness is. And that's what the gospel offers. And without the gospel, you don't have that to offer to people who are struggling with mental health. And, the, the, and that's the, exactly and the what will be gutted from the message when you partner up with right. the government on right. these issues. Right. And so people can look more at this guy, Jamie, because uh, and, and this Wheaton Center. It's it's a central part of what is going on. So where, even where made its way just safeties. straight into academia now. Yeah. And you can get certified, get a degree and yep. how to go out and run these government programs in the churches. Yeah, and your church can start a whole department of it and everything. And the government will fund it up front, but in the end they want 
to pull out of the funding but still maintain oversight. That's what the Obama reforms actually said. Sure. But uh, one of their areas of care is for abuse, people who've been abused, sexually abused, you know, um, the women's, the Me Too movement, the way it visited the church left behind, unfortunately. A well, and churches are kind of sensitive to that now with yeah. sex abuse. Right. From different denominations, Catholic, yeah. Baptist have had a big, you know, into yeah. that, but all have. Right. Some some have been more uncovered than others. I yeah. Think. The move. So the, we're very sensitive toward that, right? Yeah. Now. The Me Too movement hit Hollywood, then it hit the church. It did. Mm-hmm. And and then basically people had to try to find their footing in how they were going to address it and make sure that they were forthright enough where they weren't being accused of covering things up. Right. And that's been a lot of what's thrown around. But what it left behind in the dregs is a foothold for feminists and that foothold has taken uh, root in christian counseling if you don't believe me just go start looking around in christian counseling and and especially for abuse victims and you're going to see the feminism and stuff in the narratives and the now, problem how will, how will it say it what, well, what will you see that lets you know that's well there? The, the assumption that that men are the problem okay okay and the idea that uh that people deserve justice that the answer for abuse is justice and of course we know the answer again back in the gospel is that people would be able to find forgiveness mm-hmm. and ironically and healing yeah. yeah and healing and part of the part of the struggle is that there are people caught in the in the middle ground influenced by the feminist and influenced by the gospel and they are overtly trying to reconcile the idea of feminist theology demanding justice and then the gospel calling for forgiveness mm. and mercy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about forgiving people is that's the only way out of the bondage that being wounded puts us in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and so the uh, we can't really preach. That's not a two sided coin. You can't go back, and Jesus taught us that. I mean, you, with the parable of the, the servant who was forgiven for great debt, then he goes and demands you know, repayment right. for his debt. Well, what happened to him? He got his debt laid back on him. He got thrown in prison. He yeah. was in trouble. Yeah. You know? And how could he, and the essence of, uh, of accepting forgiveness and withholding forgiveness mm-hmm. is, is at, the, at the, the, the crux of the cross. Mm-hmm. You know? And do we fully cast ourselves on Christ and say, I'm the sinner here. And I need forgiveness. And if I've been forgiven, freely I've received, freely I give. Well, we know the the government program is never going to include all that. They're going to prohibit that, actually. How do they make it sound gullible for the church, though, to go, okay, we can do that? How how do they couch it up to say, yeah, it's not as good as we want it to be, but uh, but yeah, it's worth it? Is it just purely the money? I think and probably it's hard to judge people's heart and yeah. their motivation. It's in, you know, and that's not what we're yeah. called to do. But they make it sound good because people want to do something, mm-hmm. you know. And and people want to help. That's something about Christian. I mean, you look still at the generosity that flows when there is a disaster mm-hmm. somewhere. America's most generous yep. nation in the world. Do you know why? It's because of the deep rooted Christian faith. No doubt about here. it. Yeah. yeah. And the church always responds. I had a Los Angeles Times editor tell me, Men, wherever I go with these disasters, he said, the church is there first and stays the longest. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, that was a profound thing for, a, and he yeah. was not a Christian. Well, and the ones I hear always yeah. say, yeah, it, or things, things. Uh, there's a lot gets done until the government shows up. Yeah, and then it all bogs down. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that. Before. Well, yeah, when and the church and the ministries are there, they're first on the ground first. They're yeah. there first. Then yeah. when the government shows up, everything just locks up. Which is a big reminder why we need to not get yoked with them. We need to stay yeah. clear. So the they want to see the church. Before we get out of here, yeah. uh, use this program, something like the power of hello. This is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Uh, tell us about how, this and what, what sounds good, the power of hello. Yeah, this this was first uh, surfaced in the church uh, and uh, being applied in the church. It's a corporate uh, and workplace ideology where if a new person comes into the building, people are trained within the company to go see who they are, identify and assess if they're a threat. And, you know, I showed you where Jamie, uh, the guy um, Aiton from mm-hmm. uh, Wheaton, is, wor- is working directly with the Department of Homeland Security. What this people, is part of it. Yeah, what people don't know about the faith-based programs and all government entities and funding, every government agency is now run under Department of Homeland Security. Wow. It oversees it all. So he works directly with and doesn't have a problem with that. Well, they have this assessment tool now being brought to churches who are receiving uh, a program from Department of Homeland Security through FEMA for security protocols within the church and assessment, risk assessment and all this diagnostics, basically uh, using the church greeters who are trained then by FEMA and Homeland Security protocols to go and assess you when you walk into the church door. Wow. Now, every Christian can see the problem with this. You don't want to walk into a church and think, okay, these people really want to get to know me. Well, because they might report you to the appropriate federal wow. agency wow. if you are deemed a, a threat. Wow. And so this obviously is going to be part of the mental health issue because if we're taking this communitarian approach, the common good, you know, it's, we're here for everybody at the at the lowest common denominator for the common good, and there's somebody who's a threat to that. There's a square peg in a round hole that just really isn't fitting in. Maybe their worldview, their convictions, their their they listen to priority talk too much, or <laughs> yeah. you know, they they're a problem. They're just not fitting in. Well, an overly aggressive uh, greeter uh, power turn you in. yeah turn you so in. if if you were to go get trained at your church or by something your church takes you to to get be first impressions or greeters and you could get probably trained in this stuff and maybe not even really know it yeah that what would they do they'd say now you if you see something report it to this person see something say something and that person's probably an agent maybe yeah. could be yeah is that is that the way it would maybe look? It, yeah, and 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 they might not certify you, but they'd tell you to point them to the person who is certified. Right, and they do have a a protocol for reporting those uh, that are assessed as risk. So, uh, this is where you have totally lost the gospel. Yeah. You have totally lost uh, the vision of what the church is to function. So they're subcontracting as the, the church and and to assess and manage mental illness. Right. Without and, the gospel. Yeah, yeah, and that's where this is going to go. And, and I see it. I told you when we were talking before uh, the broadcast, it's a dump to mm-hmm. me. They, they want to dump these issues on the church. Wow, and, yeah. And you talked about COVID 
you know, in the opening uh, section, yeah. COVID it made it. it advanced the 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 problems and struggles with mental health, the depression and everything, mm-hmm. and the incidence of of deep depression rose because of the lockdowns and just because of the news. I mean, you spent eighteen months in that news cycle yeah. where you were afraid to you know to breathe the air. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you know they had. Um, they had America and the world in a in a place it had never been before, right. and then they start seeing some of the downside of that. And so now they just and want to dump these problems on the church. Yeah. Oh, they you tell guys, you you can't use the gospel as the answer. Yeah, you guys create community and offer community to all these guys, and everything's going to be okay as long as you work together for the common good. You don't discriminate against anyone, and it's uh, equitably Equi- distributed. Wow. Well, Tom, always a pleasure, and uh, you've uncovered some stuff, given us some things to think about, to look out for. Quite honestly. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot of this. Those of you in ministry, you're probably going to see uh, you know, advertisements for these uh, community mental health church-based programs. That's what we're talking about. Be very careful. Uh, Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Everybody have a good evening. So I'm going home.